Thank you, Brother Eric. All right. That was a long chapter, huh? <laughs> 40 verses. I'm probably not going to preach as long as that. <laughs> but, uh, all right. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11. It's a very famous chapter uh, known as the faith chapter. And I'm probably not going to give you anything brand new today, but I'm going to point out some things for us. And let's just, you know, this is going to be more of just a little Bible study more than anything. So I'm trying to try to get you out of here relatively soon. And it won't be as long as this morning. Don't worry about that. Okay. Um, but I want you to notice some things here real quick. Um, the, the title of my sermon is simply Have Faith in God. Have Faith in God. Or a subtitle would be The Benefits of Having Faith in God. Okay. So I'd like to talk to you about some of the benefits that you get by having faith. And faith, uh, the object of your faith, of course, is important. Many people have different faith in different types of things. Faith in the government, faith in their cars to get them from point A to point B, faith in whatever the object is. The important thing is the object of the faith that we're talking about tonight is faith in God and faith in God's Word and what God said. So when we're talking about faith, keep in mind that's the type of faith we're talking about tonight. Faith in God. So Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, notice this, now faith... We're talking about faith in God now. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. I want you to notice that first, that first part of that sentence. Faith is the substance. Faith is a substance. Okay? Now, you know, it's hard for us to see somebody's faith. It's hard for me to point to something and say, hey, that's faith. Okay? It's, it's hard for us to see that. But certain things in our lives are hard to see. Uh, we can't see God, but we believe He exists, okay? Faith is just like that. Faith is something that definitely exists, but it's hard for us sometimes to see that faith, okay? But the Bible says faith is a substance. A substance is a, a matter or something that you can touch or feel or hold in your hand or something like that. Faith is a substance like that, the Bible says, okay? So, hey, faith is a substance. Just like gold, silver, precious stones the Bible talks about... Those things have substance, don't they? They have weight to them. They have, you can touch something made of gold or something made of a, a diamond or a precious stone. You can touch those things. Those are real. They have substance. And you and I are familiar with those type of things. But the Bible says that faith is a substance, just like those things. Okay. How many people, guys? All right. How many of you, how many, how many of you have a, a ring on your finger right now? If you're married... Hold, hold up your hand if you got a ring on your finger. Eric, are you the only one in here, man? Oh, man. All right. You know what? That ring on my finger is made of gold right there, right? That's substance, okay? That's worth something to us, correct? I have one that was made... If I can get it off my fat finger here. One that was made by my dad also. This one's made of silver, okay? And I wear that in honor of my father, my dad, my earthly father, okay? And I wear that right there. That's what, Those are substance. Ladies... Okay, hold your ring up. You got it? Hold it up. All right. Okay, now we know who to rob afterwards. No, <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, all right. But ladies, you have a ring on your finger, and it's probably made of gold or, or white gold or silver or maybe a combination thereof or platinum or whatever some of the other modern things there are that are worth money. And it probably has a diamond in it if you're married or a precious stone of some type. Those things are substance. We can put our hands on those things, can't we? They're things that you carry around and, and you can feel it. You have, you, they have substance. Now, faith is exactly like that. You say, what? Faith is exactly like a, a golden ring or a precious stone or, or a diamond? Yes, it is. 
It's better than that, in fact. The Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for. Okay? Hey, let's see here. What is it? Faith is real. It's just as valuable as those rings you have in your hand. Okay? More so, in fact. Now, what else is faith? Faith is not only a substance, but faith, it says in the second part of that verse, is the evidence of things not seen. The evidence of things not seen. Okay? What is evidence? Well, hey, it's, it's a legal term, isn't it? Evidence in, in a court of law, the, the lawyers go to court, and they, in order to win their case, they present evidence, and usually it's something like a substance. They, they prov- they'll provide the murder weapon, for instance, and say, you know, ju- members of the jury, here's the gun that killed so-and-so, you know. They'll present evidence, okay? And faith is like that also, just like that gun, Proving that somebody, you know, used that piece of equipment to murder somebody. Faith also has substance just like that. It's evidence, okay? So, hey, there's two things we've just noticed about faith. It has substance and it's evidence. You can't see it, though. That's the problem, okay? But we need to realize that faith is a substance. It is something that is of great value and it can be used also. Faith can be used just like evidence can be used to prove a point or to do something like that that uh, proves a point in a court of law, faith can help us in our Christian life also. Okay, now wait a second. All right, faith is a substance. What does it prove? What does faith prove? Okay, real easy. Look, it's the evidence of things not seen. Well, what's it prove? It proves that which is unseen. Okay, that's what it proves. Well, what type of things are unseen? What unseen things does faith provide for? Okay? Now, this is the subject of my my Bible study tonight. And that is, okay, what's the benefits of faith? If faith is a substance, and if faith is evidence of something, what, what is the substance that we get? What's the benefit that we get from having faith? In God, in God's Word, okay? Well, let's look. Here, here's some of the benefits in Hebrews chapter 11, okay? Look at verse 2. It says, For by it, the el-, speaking of faith, by the way, for by it the elders obtained a good report. The elders obtained a good report. What's that mean? Um, you know, if a, if, a, if a student has a, a class and they finish their class, at the end of the school year, the teacher furnishes the parents with a what? A report card, right? Okay, and if the student had a good report, they get an A, a B, or C maybe, or not so good, maybe a D or F or whatever. But that report is very important. Why is that important? Because it shows what the reputation that student has in that classroom. It showed their progress in that classroom. Okay, the Bible says that faith... By it, the elders obtained a good report. Also, a good report. If, if, you, if, if you, uh, you, could, you could also put words in here that would be, uh, a good report is like having a good reputation. Okay? That student had a good reputation in that class, to that teacher at least. Okay? Now, if you want a good report, as a Christian, okay, have faith in God. You say, what? What do you mean? A good report with who? Okay. Well, not only with God, obviously faith in God, that's what pleases God. We've been talking about that all day, right? Uh, without faith, it's impossible to please God. But God says that faith will also give you a good report with your fellow man. Okay? You, hey, you want, you want a good, good uh, report to your boss? 
on your job, if you work a, a job, okay, hey, it's important to have the respect of your, your boss also, okay? Did you know that if you have faith in God, it will help you in having a good report with your, with your employer, Okay, that's one of the benefits of having faith. Okay, it'll affect your Christian life. If you have faith in God and do what God says and you believe in your heart, what God says can help you and you have faith in what God says, then it'll help you in your in your job also. Okay, how do you how do you how do you do that? Okay, you just trust in what God says, do what you're supposed to do, do the types of things we talked about this morning and it'll overflow into your personal life also. Okay, it'll overflow into your family life also. You want to have a good report with your wife? Okay, well, hey, have faith in God. Have faith in God. These are some of the benefits of having faith. Okay, now, uh, Proverbs 21 says, A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and a love and loving favor rather than silver and gold. The silver and the gold we're talking about, remember that? Nice to have, okay? But a good name is better than that. A good report is better than that. Faith gives things that are worth far more than physical things that you can obtain here on earth. Like gold, silver, money, you know, possessions, and all those things, okay? Faith gives you things that are much more valuable. So that's some of the benefit. You get a good report, okay? A good name, and no one can see it necessarily. They can't touch it. But people know it's there. If you have a good report among, among people, people know that. Okay? And that can be valuable to you. Faith does bring benefits to you. Okay? So not only does it bring benefits with regard to salvation, having faith in God, but it brings benefits as far as living the Christian life and even working a job and things like that and having a good relationship with your wife. Okay? Faith helps you in those things. All right? Look at verse 3. What does faith bring? Hey, it says in verse 3 that through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which do appear. So hey, I'm telling you, you know what? Faith can help you have an understanding of history. You say, what? Faith can help you have an understanding of history. You know, in the public schools, they're going to teach you that man came from apes or man evolved from apes or single-celled amoeba, amoeba or whatever they say, and that evolution is right, and that historically, you know, there was this big bang and blah, 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 and all this scientific mumbo-jumbo, and, you know, they'll teach you all those things, right? Well, is that the correct view of history according to the Bible? No, it's not. The Bible says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, the heaven and the earth. Okay? So we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. Okay? Faith helps us to understand the truth of history. Why is that important? Because the devil wants you to believe in a bunch of historical revisionism. It goes like this whatever the Bible says, don't believe it. Whatever our school teaches, believe that instead. Okay, that's, that's what they're wanting you to believe. But wait a second. Hey, get, having faith in God and what God said will help you to have an understanding of history so you won't be fooled. Okay, you'll, have an under, you'll understand what happened, that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, by God speaking it into existence. Okay, what else does faith bring? Not only does it bring you a good report, okay, but it gives you a good understanding of history. Number three. Oh, by the way, that this new this evolution, this Big Bang stuff. He, it, Stephen, I don't know if you ever watched in the news this week, but that guy Stephen Hawking. Remember that guy? 
he, he's a guy in a wheelchair that kind of talks with a funny you know, voice synthesizer or whatever. He's a physicist, supposedly the most intelligent man on earth just about. When it comes to uh, you know, the things regarding cosmology and, and, the, and the cosmos and, you know, and science and physics and things like that. He's written a few books, okay? He came out today and said, <clears throat> I, don't, I can't synthesize my own voice to make it sound like him, but he's, he's like, hey, hey, you know, he talks like this. But he said that I know what happened before the Big Bang. I know. I know what happened before the Big Bang, he said, Okay? It came out in the news this week that he said that. And I'm like, you're an idiot. Okay? What happened before the Big Bang? Okay? Well, first of all, there wasn't a Big Bang. Okay? Second of all, how can you know for sure what happened before the Big Bang? And what caused the Big Bang? I know what caused the Big Bang. I know. You know. What an idiot. Okay? Wait a minute. Okay. God says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were spoken into existence by Jesus Christ, the Word of God. Okay? He doesn't know beans. Don't listen to those idiots. Don't listen to Stephen Hawking, who's supposedly one of the smartest men on earth. Okay? In my opinion, he's one of the stupidest men on earth. Why? Because he can't even get the beginning things right. He's a fool. That's right. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Right? Okay, well, Stephen, you know, give me a break, dude. You know, I think he gets a lot of sympathy because he's in a wheelchair. You know, God bless the guy. I'm sorry he's in that condition. But, man, he needs to get saved. Okay, he does. And teaching people that we came from, you know, a speck of... Well, you know, we did come from a speck of dust, didn't we? Wait a minute. You know what? He's right about that. Man was formed from the dust of the ground. Amen? And that's how Adam came into being. All right? Probably the only thing he's right about... You know, they say, well, we came from a speck of dust. Well, the problem is you ask, well, okay, where did the speck of dust come from? Well, the speck of dust always was, they say. You know, it was just existing in, you know, etern- in, in the past. It was, just, it was just there. Well, what created it? It, it just always was. Okay? So what's, what, what, what's the difference between what we believe in the Bible and what Stephen Hawking says happened? You know the difference? We believe in an eternal God that made everything on earth, that spoke everything to an existence, and we believe that He did everything. He started the whole thing when He said, in the beginning was God, or in the beginning let there be light. You know? He spoke things into existence. All throughout the, the, uh, the book of uh, Genesis, it talks about how that happened. So we believe in a creator being that created everybody and loves us, okay? He, we believe that. What's he believes? He believes in the speck of dust. That's his God. What's the difference between that and a, and a golden idol, okay? He believes in a little speck of dust. It all started with a little speck of dust, he says. You know, or a little, you know, concentrated group of electrons and protons and neutrons that all of a sudden just, boom, exploded one day, Okay? Hey, no, that's not what happened. God spoke everything into existence. Stephen Hawking, you know what? You're an idiot. Big Bang is baloney. Evolution is baloney. The only thing you can count on for sure is what God says. Because you don't know. You weren't there, Mr. Hawking. You have no clue what's going on. For you to arrogantly claim that you know absolutely sure what happened right before the Big Bang shows that the Big Bang went off in your head somewhere. And it blew your brains out because you can't think straight. Verse 3. Okay, let's go on. Verse 3. Not only I said that it gives you a good report, it gives you a true understanding of history. 
But number three, what does faith do? Okay, I want you to see this. Okay, we already talked about that. Verse four. I'm sorry. <laughs> Verse four. Okay, faith is the evidence to God that you have made, been made righteous. So faith has a benefit also. Okay, and the benefit to that is it shows God that you've been made righteous. Okay, how do we get saved? We get saved by faith. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves; it's a gift of God. It's not a works lest any man should boast. Faith is what pleases God. So faith is evidence to God that you've been made righteous. Hey, what about Abel, Cain and Abel? Remember that story? Okay, Abel offered the sacrifice. The court, and that's what the verse four is talking about. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. Wait, okay. God is the one, remember, we said this morning when we were demonstrating the soul winning thing, Lonnie, we said God's the one that makes the rules, right? Okay. God says that, um, that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Okay? That's what God says. And when Cain and Abel came to present a sacrifice to, to God, um, Abel, or I mean, excuse me, Cain brought, what did he bring? Remember? A bunch of vegetables? Is that what it was? Uh, the fruits of the ground, right? He did not bring a blood sacrifice. Okay, He brought what he wanted to bring. He thought he could impress God by all the work he did in the garden, in his own little garden, and he grew up some tomatoes and some carrots and some vegetables and some nice cucumbers, and man, it looked really good in this basket, and he brought that as a sacrifice to God. But wait a second. Cain was trying to impress God with Cain's works. Cain thought that God would be really impressed somehow with his garden. God's money. How could he not be? I put all this work into it. All this work. Look at these nice, shiny vegetables. I got them all polished up and I'm bringing those to God. How could he refuse that? Okay, but wait a second. Man, I hope this holds me up here. It is creaking like crazy up here. And it's used to, it's used to half, half of the weight with Brother uh, Pastor Tommy up here, not, not twice his weight with me. But anyway, I hope I won't fall through. Amen. Uh, but anyway, uh, so hey, he was impressed with his own works, right? That's what it, what evolved, evolved, what, why he thought he would be impressive to God by bringing the fruits of his labors. Okay, But God says, nope. Blood sacrifice. Now, what happened? Abel, on the other hand, brought, brought, uh, brought a blood sacrifice. He killed an animal and brought that as a sacrifice. And what does God say about that? God says, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by the which he obtained witness that he was righteous. Okay? Well, hey, why did Cain... Bring something that was impressive to, uh, not impressive to God, but yet Abel did. Because God says that he's not impressed by our works. Okay? God is only impressed by obedience and by believing what God said. That's the only thing that impresses God. Whenever you try to do something and you want to try to impress God because you think you're hot stuff, you think you're working and getting work to impress God will somehow get you into heaven, that is a lie of the devil. It's just plain as day. And God says that, nope, I'm sorry, Abel had a better sacrifice, a more excellent sacrifice. Why? Because he followed what God said. God said, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. There's no getting rid of your sin. It has to be a lamb 
that's slain from the foundation of the earth, from the foundation of the world. Jesus Christ is the only thing that gets you into heaven. And you know what? Hey, Abel got saved the same way you and I did. He was looking forward to what God was going to do by slaying an animal. Okay, That was a picture of what was going to happen. The slain Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. He was pointing to Jesus Christ. You know what? In this example here, Cain was a false preacher and Abel was the true preacher. Why is that? Cain was trying to impress God by doing good deeds or good works. I'm sorry, that don't do it, okay? Hey, nothing pleases God except for faith. By faith, it is impossible to please God. Or without faith, it's impossible to please God, excuse me, okay? That's the thing that impresses God. So, hey, why was Abel able? Why was Abel able? He was able to impress God because it wasn't him that was doing the impressing. It was God and his plan of salvation that did the job. Okay, God looked to Abel's sacrifice and said, he believes my plan of salvation. He believes that I'm going to send the Lamb of God someday to take away the sins of the, of the world. And he did what I told him to do, bring a sacrifice, a blood sacrifice. And that's why that faith is evidence to God that he was made righteous. He obeyed God. He believed God. Cain didn't. He thought... I know God said that, but I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do it my way. Watch yourself. Whenever you say to yourself, I know God says this, but... Watch it. You're on dangerous ground. I kind of feel like I'm on dangerous ground up here. This thing keeps creaking up here. Man, oh man. Okay. God says... <laughs> God says, you know, hey, whenever you, whenever you start saying, the Bible says this, but... Whenever you have that but there, that's very dangerous. Okay, you're, you're on dangerous ground because you're tampering with what God said. You're saying that God said thus and so, but I got a special situation in my life. You know, that doesn't really apply to me. You know, or, you know, I know it says that and I believe that you say, but and then you add whatever it is. The butt comes after it comes after the butt. OK, be careful. You're on dangerous ground. It's not faith plus works. It's not faith plus your beliefs. It's faith only that pleases God. Okay? Faith. Okay? In God. In what God said. Okay? So here. Wait a second. All right. Faith is the evidence that you've been made righteous. Okay? And Cain offered his own way. And we've got to be careful that not only in salvation, that we don't be careful, that we're, we don't offer our own way to do things in the Christian life. We've got to find out what God said in the Bible and have faith in what He said and live our lives according to what He said in the Bible, not our own way. And the minute we start saying, well, I realize God said that, but and you had the but, you're in trouble. Okay, so don't do that. Faith is evidence to God that you've been made righteous. If you got saved by faith, if you got saved by trusting in Jesus as your Savior, by faith, then why would you want to start living your life with a lack of faith? Okay, you, you were saved and on your way to heaven by faith, so let's trust God for everything then. Hey, you can trust God for anything, okay? Without, God, without faith, it's impossible to please Him, okay? Look at verse 5 a second. Um, faith allows you to get closer to God. Look at base, verse 5. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found. Because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony 
that he pleased God. Enoch had a good testimony with God. The, the Bible says that he got translated. Now, a lot of people believe that's, that's, he, got, he got raptured. Okay? He got taken up from the earth. Okay? I, I kind of picture it this way. I, I'm, I'm, I don't know for sure, but it says before, the, before this, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Enoch pleased God. I have a feeling that Enoch walked with God, okay? and he loved spending time with God, and he loved talking to God and fellowshipping with God. And, and, and one day, they, they, he just started spending so much time with God every day that one day that you know, Enoch was so close to God, and he said, and he said he, Enoch's probably like something like, God, I, this is great. I love being with you and spending time with you. He's, and he, Enoch would say, I just, I just wish I could spend forever with you. And all of a sudden, God said, well, hey, you know, you're spending so much time with me already. You're close to me already. Why not come up to heaven with me? Okay, stay over at my house tonight. And Enoch stayed over at God's house, and God said, "Stay over tonight." And but the, you know, until but the night, the day never ends there. Okay, so there's no night. So Enoch's still there. Okay, Enoch got so close to God. Why did he get close to God? He had faith. He had faith. He got so close to God that God just took him home. God took him. He translated him. He raptured him essentially. Took him up to heaven. Okay. And that's what verse 5 is talking about. So, hey, number one, in verse 5, God, faith in God allows you to get closer to Him. Okay? Verse 6, faith is the only way to please God. We just said that a little while ago. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Verse 6, without faith. Okay? He that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. And don't worry, we're not going to go through every single verse in this, this thing here, so it's not going to be that long. Okay, faith, what is it? It's reliance on God. It's belief in God. It's trust in God. That's all faith is. Now, wait a second. Verse 6, faith. Here's another benefit of faith. Listen to this. Faith allows you to get rewards. Okay, verse 6 says, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God will reward faith. Okay, he stated that. God said, if you have faith in me, I will reward you. He says it right there, okay? He is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Okay? Hey, did God lie? Does God ever lie? No, God never lies. Okay? So if you have faith, he'll reward you if you diligently seek him. Okay? There's many things. There's, there's rewards he can do for you. Okay? Physical rewards here on earth. Spiritual rewards in heaven. Many rewards you'll get if you simply have faith in God. Okay, so my, my, my testimony to you tonight and what the things we're focusing on tonight is to have faith in God. Hey, God's fantastic. He's the creator of the, the whole entire universe. Amen? And, and He's up in heaven. Hey, do yourself a favor one time. Do yourself a favor on a clear night. I don't know what tonight's going to be clear or not. But wait till there's no moon. Okay? Wait till there's no moon. And go outside when, on a real clear night, and look up into the stars of heaven, okay? Do that. If you've got a pair of binoculars, even so better, okay? Look at the entire expanse of the heavens, okay? Look at what God has created just in the heavens alone, okay? God is amazing. And the more you look at the creation of God, the more you spend time outside and, and experience nature, the more you're going to have faith in God. You know, part of the problem in our nation today is that many people live in cities. 
And, you know, I hated living... When we were living in Hammond, Indiana, I hated it because I, 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 I'm kind of a little bit of an amateur astronomer and I like looking up at the stars at night and the moon especially and, and some of the planets and things like that through my telescope. And it's not a real big telescope, but I like doing it. And, you know, looking through that telescope just makes me just more appreciate God and what He's done here. Okay? And you know what? In Hammond, Indiana... The problem was it was right near Chicago, and the city lights of Chicago just washes out all the stars. You can't see anything hardly. You know, you see some of the big ones like, you know, Sirius and other big stars like that that are very, very bright. And, of course, the moon you can see and the planets you can see at least. But most of the other things in the heavens you can't see because of the pollution of the city lights. You know, when, when you're walking around in nature, do yourself a favor sometime and go walk in the woods. Okay, and, and, and experience what God's nature offers to us. And the problem here is, I don't think, in my personal opinion, I don't think that uh, man was ever intended to live in big cities. Because all we're surrounded by in big cities is a bunch of concrete, it's a bunch of street lights, it's a bunch of noise, it's a bunch of commotion, and it's a bunch of other people, that, and, and a, a lot of distractions, right? But when you're out in the middle of nowhere... And there's not much noise going on. And you look up. And you look around you. And you see the majesty of everything God's created. Okay? Hey, I'm telling you. That gives you faith. That gives you faith. And you know what? I think it was easier for people to get saved back in the day before these big cities existed. Because they saw in nature that God's signature was over everything. That was evidence of God being up there, you know, to them, okay? And today, all the distractions we have, they're just distractions. They take away from us being closer to God, okay? So, faith in God allows you to get closer to Him, and faith is the only way to please God, and faith allows you to get rewards, okay? But you've got be, you to be keeping your eyes open, okay? Look at God's creation, you know, get outside your house for a while. Get some sun. <laughs> you know, don't don't be like me. I'm a I'm a computer nerd, so I tend to uh, my work I do inside, and I spend a lot of time on the computer. Get outside once in a while and experience nature. Okay, go camping. You know, do some outside activities. It's good for you physically. You know, I need to do more of that. Right? Amen. But it's good for me spiritually also, because I get to keep my eyes focused on God's creation, not man's creation. I'm inside, I'm looking at a computer, I'm looking at the four walls of my house, you know, I'm looking at whatever, you know, inside my house, and I'm keeping my eyes on man's creation, right? But you step outside, and all of a sudden, you see the tapestry that God's created. You see God's handiwork, okay? That's what we need to focus on more so. Especially if we live in cities. Especially if you have a job that pins you up inside of a you know, brick building, you know, seven or six, five or six days a week. Okay? Get outside and enjoy nature. Okay? Faith allows you to get those rewards, but you've got to be having your eyes open to, 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 to God. And the one way to do that is to have more faith. Just go outside. Real simple. That brings more faith, I think. Because you're seeing what God has made. Okay? Now, the world does bring its own rewards, don't get me wrong, okay? If you do things with regard to the, uh, you know, inside and, and you're not really doing a whole lot outside, 
Uh, you might get some rewards, but they're only temporary. They're only temporary. Yeah, you might win at that video game you're playing. Okay, that's just a temporary reward. What do you What do you get for winning a video game these days? Anything at all? Other than you get bragging rights? Woohoo! I won that video game. I beat you, man. I had so many points, and you only had this amount. You know, that's just bragging. And you know what? That's a temporary thing. It, it goes away. Okay. Faith allows you those rewards, the real rewards, the ones that last. Okay, the ones that have eternal consequences. Okay, look at verse seven real quick. Faith allows you to see into the future. Did you know that? Faith allows you to see into the future. Woohoo! You know what? We we always see these science fiction shows about you know Back to the Future and you know some of those other ones I can't even remember. Okay, and they're always talking about how neat it would be if we get to time travel and go into the future and see what's going to happen in the future. Hey, you have a time traveling machine. You know what? It's called the Bible. Okay. And you can see into the future, okay? Look at verse 7. By faith, being uh, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Which is by faith, okay? Hey, being warned of God of things not seen as yet. You know what? Noah peered into the future. Because God told him what was going to happen. Hey, you want to you be a time traveler? Okay. Get into the Word of God and you're going to see what's happening in the future. Okay? Getting into the Word of God and having faith in what God says, it allows you to peer into the future. Man, that's a great thing. Wouldn't that be great if you could see what's going to happen down the line? Okay, you can. Have faith in God. Read His Word. Trust in what He said. Okay? Look at verse 7 again. Faith gives you an inheritance. Look at the last part of that verse, okay? By the which he became, speaking of Noah, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith, okay? He became an heir. What's an heir? H E I R, okay? It means you're, you inherit something, okay? If, if my father is rich and he dies and leaves all of his possessions to me, I'm his heir. I inherit what he had upon his death, okay? Guess what? Okay, that's nice, okay? If you got a rich daddy, all right, that's fine. You get to inherit all his riches, okay? All his earthly riches. But guess what? We got a heavenly father, don't we? Okay? We got a rich dad, okay? Rich dad, poor dad. Wasn't that a book or something like that? Okay. Forget that stupid poor dad on earth, okay? All right? Yeah, he might give you a few thousand or a million if you're lucky or whatever. Okay, I don't know. But God gives you billions and trillions and unlimited riches. He's your heavenly Father. Okay? Hey, that's what faith brings. You know, why are we so much worried about what's going on on earth today? Why are we worried about that? We're going to be rich. We're, <laughs> we're a child of the King. We're, we're going to inherit everything that Jesus has. And God gave everything to Jesus. So that means we get to inherit everything. You say, you mean I inherit? Yeah, I mean, I mean inherit that. You mean this? Yeah, I mean that. You mean, well, what's everything mean? It means everything. The whole earth? Everything in heaven? Most important we get to inherit is Jesus himself. And we get to see Jesus. Because he's the one that created everything. So, hey, we've got faith. And that faith brings benefits and it allows you to see into the future, and it gives you an inheritance. Woohoo! All right, that's a great thing. Okay, concentrate on what you're gonna get, not what you have. 
Because if you're saying, um, you know what, I don't have that much, stay tuned. Stay tuned. You're going to have a lot more. Okay? When you get to heaven, you're going to say, man, am I glad I got saved. Because heaven's riches are eternal and they never end at all. Okay? Heaven is one of the great benefits. And being an heir according, uh, along with Christ Jesus is one of the great benefits of, being, uh, of having faith. Okay? Set your, uh, the Bible says in Colossians, um, set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. Okay? Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. Don't be too concerned about what's going on down here. Set your affections on things above. Concentrate on heavenly things. Okay? Hey, why not invest in things that matter for eternity down here? Okay? Yeah, you could go out and buy that you know, uh, nice sports car. Enjoy it for a while. You could go out and buy that, you know, uh, whatever, that uh, snow, snow machine, you know. You could go do that. You could go get the speedboat and, you know, go out on the Rock River and have a lot of fun. But you know what? I'd rather, you know, that's going to last for a few years. And you know what? You're going to have problems. The speedboat's going to break down. The snow machine's going to break down. The car is going to be ending up in, in the mechanic shop every other weekend because you're, you know, driving it like a madman. Okay, but hey, God's, God's rewards don't end. Keep, set your affections on thing above. Invest in things that matter for eternity. What matters for eternity? Souls. That's pretty much it. Okay, getting people saved is what matters. Hey, if you want, to, if you want, to, if you want a good return on your investment, you, you ought to invest in this church. Seriously. Okay, you know, stock market's good, I guess, they say. Of course, lately it's been going down. Okay, but you know what? I think that's more of a gamble. That's really gambling, you know, with your money. Why not go for a sure thing? You know, invest. You know, that's that's the weird. That's the strangest thing because tithing and giving offerings to a local church that's preaching the gospel and winning people to Christ is the direct way that you can transfer something physical, cash, into something spiritual. Souls getting saved forever. Okay. Man, what a trade-off. What a trade-off. That's a great trade-off. I can't even get my bill pulled out. I'd show you a dollar bill. A little piece of paper we value so much, right? Okay? Whether it's got a 5, 10, or 100 on it. Okay? I don't have any ones that say 100 on them, but <laughs> got a couple of the ones. Okay? But that little piece of paper that people put a, such a high value on, you can trade those directly for souls. You say, what? You can't buy souls. I know that. But I'll tell you one thing. The more money that we can put into getting the gospel out, the more people that will get saved. And the rewards that you would have gotten by taking that dollar and putting it in the stock market or putting it in the bank and getting, what, 0.01% uh, interest on it in the bank now? You know, or whatever they pay for interest accounts? That's nothing, okay? And it's a piece of paper after all. It's nothing. It's, it's, it's just valuable because people say it's valuable. You know, and people believe it's valuable. Well, if it is valuable, it's only valuable temporarily, okay? Because it's going to burn up paper. I can set a match to that just like that, and it'd, it'd be gone just like that. But you can transfer that money into a local church that believes the gospel and is getting the gospel and people getting saved, and what you've done is you've traded an earthly reward that's only temporary. It's temporal, meaning it's not permanent, okay, for something that's eternal, 
somebody getting saved because you put money into a local church and that church can now get the gospel out to more people because they have the money to do it. Okay? That's an eternal reward. Hey, that's faith. That takes faith for you to do that. Okay? But I'm telling you, faith brings those rewards if you take advantage of it. Man, why would we not do that? Why would we not do that? Why buy the toys and the trinkets and all those things when we can invest in eternity and get people into heaven? And we'll get to see them in heaven forever. You know, And that person, you're going to get rewards. That person, wouldn't you love to see that person come back? Hey, Lonnie, man, thank you, for, thank you for giving that 20 bucks in the offering plate. Because if you hadn't done that, you know what? They, they wouldn't have bought those tracks, and I wouldn't have got that track, and then come to church and heard the gospel preach. Because of your 20 bucks you put in the offering plate, I got saved. That can happen, can it? Right? Okay. Direct transfer. From an earthly thing to a spiritual thing. Okay? Man, what, what, a, what a great investment. Okay? That's, that's fantastic. Okay? Now, faith allows you to see, in verses 8 through 10, faith allows you to see past your earthly surroundings and focus on what really matters, heaven. Like we said, set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. Look at verse 11. Uh, Faith also allows you to be fruitful. Verse 11 through 12. Okay, look at this real quick. Through faith also, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Now here. (laughs) Okay. You got Sarah, all right? She was 90 years old, right? And when God said, you're going to have a kid about this same time next year, what'd she do? What'd she do? Somebody tell me. She laughed. Yeah. Ha! Huh? Yep, she laughed. She didn't believe it. No. Okay, not at first. Okay. But you know what? She had a baby when she was 90 years old. Hey, there's hope for us yet, baby. Okay. <laughs> anyway, we won't go into that. Anyway, hey, but you know what? So faith allows you to be fruitful. Sarah was fruitful, even at age 90. Okay. Because God had promised that she would have a baby. Okay? And she didn't believe it at first, but she did later on. Now, wait a minute. We can, have, we can be fruitful in more ways than one. We can be fruitful and we can have children, physical children, right? But as a soul winner, as someone that witnesses to other people, you can be fruitful and have spiritual children also. If you're willing to have faith enough to share the gospel, like what we talked about this morning, you can have... Spiritual children, so to speak. Okay? You can have people that you've personally led to Christ or you've helped to bring to Christ somehow. That's another advantage of having faith. You can be fruitful. Okay? If you simply have faith. Have faith enough to believe God when He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Have faith enough to believe God that says, He that wins souls is wise. He that wins souls is wise. Did you believe that or not? Okay, you've got to make that decision. Do you believe it or not? If you do, you can be fruitful. Because if you believe that, that shows you have faith. And faith brings fruit. Both physical sometimes and spiritual. Okay? Look at verse 12 real quick. Verse 12, or verses 13. I'm sorry. Verse 13 through 16. Hey, faith brings you into the city of God and allows you not to be discouraged about the inflictions of your temporary home here on earth. Look at verse 13 through 16. 
All these, and speaking about all the people we just talked about, all these died in faith, having not received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to return, to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. Okay, faith in God brings you into the city of God. Simple as that. Okay, don't be discouraged about what's going on here on earth. Uh, if you're having trouble in your life, if you're having um, heartache, if you're having sickness, if you're having death in your family, don't be discouraged by that. There's a heavenly country coming, okay? And if you've trusted Jesus as your Savior, you need to realize that your faith will bring you into the city of God. God's got a better country than this. My citizenship is not here on earth. You know, my citizenship is not with, with the United States of America. My citizenship is with he in heaven, okay? So we're, 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 we're strangers, we're pilgrims here. We're just passing through, right? Okay? Uh, we're just passing through. And we're not citizens of this place that we're passing through. We're citizens of heaven. And you get to look forward to that future city that God's prepared for us. It's going to be great. Streets of gold. Amen. There's a, there's a fountain flowing, or there's a river flowing, a river of life flowing through it. Right? There's trees on the side for the healing of the nations, all that stuff. Good stuff, man. I'm telling you, that city's going to be great. You're going to love it. Steve, amen. No more pain. You're, you get healed. Amen. It's as simple as that. Look to that big city. Look to that, that city of God. Okay? The city of God that God has prepared for them that love Him. To them who've gotten saved. Look at verse 23 real quick. Faith helps you to obey God rather than government. And we talked a little bit about this this morning. Verse 23. For By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's command, commandment. They were not afraid of the king's command. Well, what was going on at Moses' day? Okay, Pharaoh wanted to kill the firstborn males of every, every Hebrew woman that came, that was going to be born. Okay, and he put out a command, a law, an edict that said, I want you Hebrew midwives, when you help those Hebrew mothers give birth, if it's a female, let it go. Let it be born. But if it's a male... You kill that baby. Is that any different than what we're doing in America like we talked about today with abortion? No. They're killing babies. That's what Pharaoh commanded. The law of the land was for those Hebrew midwives to kill the male Hebrew children. Well, wait a second. The Bible says that we're to obey the higher laws. Okay? In that situation, the government law saying, kill all the Hebrew children. Kill all the male children. The Hebrew male children. That law came into God's law, into conflict with God's law, and God's law says, thou shalt not kill. Okay? So, she had a problem. Okay? There was a problem. Moses' mother and his father 
Okay? There was a problem. God's law conflicted with the government's law. Which one are you going to obey? Well, hey, faith helps you to obey God rather than men. And this is going to become a more of an issue as we talked about this morning. Going into the tribulation period, you'll need faith in order to obey God rather than men. Because there will be laws, just like the law, where they said, kill your baby. There'll be laws that are almost as bad as that during the tribulation. Probably worse. Okay? Actually, it'll be, worship the Antichrist, take the mark of the beast, or you'll get killed. Okay? Now, I don't believe it's possible for a Christian to take that mark of the beast because they have faith and they've been saved. Only unsaved people can do that. But there'll be other laws that come on the books that we need to be careful of, that we need to have faith in order to trust in what God said and put our faith in what God said and disregard a law that comes into conflict with God's law. Okay, So faith helps you obey God. All right? Verses 26, 24 through 26, faith helps you to make spiritual choices, disregarding material benefits and earthly pleasures. Look at verse 24. Okay, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be, the call, be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect under the recompense of the reward. Okay, faith helps you to make spiritual choices, disregarding material benefits and earthly pleasures. Why? Because that faith helps you esteem the riches of Christ more so than the pleasures of the world. Keeping, having faith helps you to esteem what God offers you over and above what the world offers you. If you don't have that faith, if you're not staying in His Word and you believe His Word, you're going to esteem the things of the world more so than the things of God. Okay? Now, I'm almost done here. Look at verse 31 and 30, uh, 33, rather, I think. Hold on a second here. Okay, look at verse 31. By, we're talking about Rahab, the harlot. Now, uh, in verse 30, it says, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down, and they were compassed about seven days. By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. Okay, The story of Rahab, when Joshua and the people of the, uh, the, the, the Israelites came to Jericho, God told them to you know, walk around and blow their trumpets for seven days, and on the seventh day they were doing it seven times and blow their trumpets and shout, and the walls would fall down, right? But before all that happened, Israel sent in two spies to, talk, to, to go inside the city and kind of spy it out and see what's going on. Okay, And Rahab the harlot, she lived near the, near the edge of the city on the wall okay, area. And she housed those two spies. She knew what was going on with Israel. She heard that God had great, done great things for Israel. Okay? And she knew that God, the God of the Israelites, was the real God, the one that made the entire universe, and she wanted to side with them against her own country, or against her own city of Jericho. Okay? So she hid them. Right? She did that by faith. Okay, she would if if the if the if the elders of Jericho had known that she had done that, she would get killed. Okay, she, she at peril to her own life, she decided to side with the people of God. Okay, so that's what I want you to notice here. Rahab, by faith, did those things. Perish not with them that believe not when she received the spies with peace. Hey, faith helps you stand by God's people. Okay, faith helps you stand by God's people. In the last days, 
in the tribulation period especially, it's going to be very difficult because you're going to be tempted to turn in uh, someone to the government. Okay, they're going, to, they're going to probably have it arranged so that you'll get a benefit if you turn in somebody for disobeying evil laws during the tribulation period. In fact, I think that's how they're going to do it, probably. You know, they've already started it. If you look at the, these things uh, with regard to the uh, Department of Homeland Security, their phrase, you know, if you see something, say something. Okay? Be careful of that. What, 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 what's that do? That turns everyone into spies. Okay? That's what it does. Okay? If you see something terrible happening or you see something that looks suspicious to you, turn that person in. Well, the problem with that is that you're relying on the fact that that person that's looking at those deeds with a suspicious eye, you're hoping that they're not turning in people for the wrong things. Okay? And so what's going to happen is the government's going to, turn, to give rewards to people who turn in people for disobeying laws. So what you have to be careful of is... It's not, if you see something, say something, okay? That's what's going to happen during the tribulation. And the problem with that is that we have to be careful, okay? Because we have to stand by the people of God. There'll be temptations to turn in the people of God for doing things. If it becomes illegal to go soul winning, okay? Government says, okay, we'll give you $1,000 if you can come up with evidence and show us who's going out knocking on doors. And handing out Bibles or handing out tracts or doing whatever, witnessing to people. Okay? Don't do that. Side with the people of God. That's what Rahab did. Don't make stupid choices. Don't side with the earthly people, the earthly governments that are against God. Okay? If you have faith, it helps you to stand with the people of God, with God's people. That's what Rahab did. That's what we need to do also. Okay? There's going to be a temptation to do that. In the last days, okay? So, these are just some things real quick here I wanted to go through with you about faith. There's some benefits to these things. Nothing bombastic. I didn't yell that much or climb the pulpit that much. So, But I wanted to give you some things and let you know that, hey, having faith in God is very important. And you have a, there's a lot of benefits to it, too. Not just going to heaven, okay? There's a lot of these benefits that God talks about. So I'd encourage you to have faith in God. And you have faith in God by, you know what, there's many things you can do to have faith in God. Read your Bible, obviously. Come to church and hear the preaching, obviously. Uh, if you, uh, some things that help people, you know what, I even listen to good preaching you know, on the internet sometimes. You've know, you got to be careful, though. You know, and that helps you to have faith, too. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Also, you can get these little, these little uh, uh, CDs with the Bible uh, on the CD, so you can listen to the Bible while you're doing other tasks. Okay, Alexander Scorby has one. There's a new app called the RGV. Well, no, it's not. The, it's called the what's it called? Yeah, Faithful Word app. If you have an iPhone or an Android phone, you can get that and you can listen to the Word of God spoken. You don't even have to read it. You can just listen to it during the day when you're doing other chores. Okay, and there's some good preaching on that app also. Those are some of the things that can build your faith. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. But, hey, have faith in God. The benefits of faith are great. The benefits of faith are great. Not only salvation, but physical benefits here on earth, too. Build your faith. Put things into your mind that helps your faith. That will help you build your faith. Listen to God's Word being preached. Listen to the Bible on cassette, or the Bible on tape, or the Bible on... CD or something like that, you can get those. If you, if you want to know where to get something like that, come up to me afterwards. I'll tell you where to get something like that. Okay? And I'll give you, I'll give you one free of charge, too, if you need it. 
Okay? So let's pray right now and ask God to bless us. Dear Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that uh, everything you have and every good thing is through faith in you. I thank you that it's not due to us, but it's due to you that all of our benefits come. Thank you for giving us all these benefits and help us to have more faith in you and spend more time listening to your word and, and, and relying upon what you've told us to do. Help us to have that faith in Jesus' name. Amen.